We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Week 17, I'm Scott Jenstead, joined by Andrew Laird, as always. We're sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We uh, greatly appreciate their sponsorship all year long. Again, if you could please rate or be the podcast, that'd be fantastic. We always appreciate that. Also helps people find the podcast, which is also helpful towards uh, towards everything involved in this. Uh, special announcement before we start. Andrew and I are actually going to be uh, continuing on for the playoffs, too. So we'll be here for DFS uh, for all four rounds of the playoffs. So looking forward to doing that, too. Andrew, reached Week 17. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, been a while since um, week 17 mattered to my team. It doesn't matter this year, so I'm going to have to wait until next year. But uh, this <laughs> is um, it's like the hardest slate of the year. Uh, and it's not having anything to do with the fact that there are, um, if I counted correctly, 48 games on Sunday. But uh, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah but just um, it really puts your uh, puts you in perspective of like what do I think is important on this day? And do I what I think is important? Also, what the players think is important because you don't want somebody who is kind of already on the beach. But um, I don't know. It's a, there's a lot to, that goes into uh, the strategy of figuring out not even just who the good plays are this week, but then if are they good plays in the context of the game or are they actually bad because they're only going to play a half. And so there's a lot more. Week 17 is by far the toughest. Yeah, it's wild, and you know most uh, most season long leagues don't play for that reason. But uh, you know DFS, it's our it's its own slate. So 
We do have Monster Slate, though, 15 games uh, with uh, with only the one Sunday night game, which uh, luckily we don't have to break down because I think I'm going to be nervous enough watching it as it <laughs> is. Uh, but let's jump into some quick team notes. So I just want to recap real quick who has nothing to play for. I think that would be very helpful to kind of overall, you know, these are teams that you're probably not going to want any players from or maybe if uh, guys are sitting someone we'll talk about we'll talk about Robert Griffin but you know maybe you want to go with someone who's uh, a backup who might uh, be cheap and but uh, most of these teams have nothing to are, are not really going to ramp it up very much they're probably not going to be pretty pretty pretty, pretty vanilla with their uh, with their prey calling that kind of stuff First of all, we have the Vikings. They are uh, playing the Bears. Are locked into the sixth seed. Uh, some news came out this morning that Kirk Cousins might even not even start. Um, I'm going. I'm going. No Vikings across the board in DFS. Are, are you on board with that? Yeah, I probably. I think that was going to be the case anyway. Like the total of that game is super low. It is. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I'll, I'll probably stay away. So um, you kind of hinted at it, but yeah, we have like players who like these games are like oh they don't matter, but like. The guys who are playing, like if, if people are resting, the guys who are playing are like, wait, I, I can like really get my name out here. Maybe they're not necessarily going to be with the team next year. So there's like showing off. So it's like, would you rather have A players who aren't trying as hard or B players who are trying as hard as possible? Ugh, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Um, Buffalo also is locked into the five seed. They're playing the Jets. Uh, I think that is uh, similar to the to the Bears Viking games. Still low over under that we probably stay away anyway. But um, they've said Josh Allen's going to start. They said the Stars going to start. I don't think it's going to be very very long. They do play the following week. There's no bye week situation there, so I'm staying away from the Bills. Also, we mentioned the Ravens uh, as we're talking about Robert Griffin. They are locked in the one seed. They've already said Lamar Jackson sitting. Mark Ingram is out. Uh, he he got hurt anyway. He wasn't going to be playing anyway, but he's not playing either. I uh, think the Ravens shut it down pretty early also from from all indications. Yeah, which actually is more helpful than anything else. Yeah, kn- knowing uh, knowing what's happening and them announcing Lamar Jackson early, uh, very much helps the situation. But they're going against Pittsburgh, who has to win and is a really good defense. So even with the cheap prices on Ravens, I'm uh, I'm not really all that interested with them going against the Steelers' defense. Yeah, I mean, in reality, like, were we even going to go that deep even if Lamar was? Like, if the game meant a lot, like, obviously we'd be looking at Lamar Jackson. I assume the total would be higher. But right. I'm just not sure how many Ravens we even consider on a weekly basis anyway, so... That's another one that's like it was just easier because Lamar's been ruled out. Yeah, but spoiler alert, I think the Steelers' defense is actually way underpriced this week. I, they, it felt like they priced it considering Jackson was going to play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I assume the the salaries came out before the announcement and then – Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's an interesting one we can talk about later. Yeah, he's, yeah they're 3000 or 3500 on FanDuel. I mean, they're way underpriced compared to the top defenses. I think that they're – Interesting, depending on what you think about uh, Robert Griffin, I suppose, as a quarterback. Um, the Texans are an interesting one. They play in the late window. They play in the 1 o'clock for my time, 4 o'clock your time window. Uh, if Kansas City wins and they play in the early window, usually they match up these teams uh, where they play at the same time just in case the situation comes up. But uh, if Kansas City wins at 10 o'clock, uh, the Texans are locked in the four seed. Bill O'Brien has said he isn't resting his starters. I don't believe that. I think if Kansas City wins that uh, – all the Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins kind of come off the board, and it's, it's you got to figure Kansas City's going to win. They're at home against the Chargers. You never know, but um, I think Watson and Hopkins are really, really risky unless you want to late swap them out. That's ex- yeah. I think that's thankfully you know they're <clears throat> because we have all but one game. You have plenty of of pivoting options, but yeah, I, I would. I'm acting as if the Texans are are done and have no reason to play. Yeah, me too. And then finally, the the last interesting one. Those are all the teams that are locked into playoff seeds. 
Um, the Rams, uh, they're, they're home against Arizona, and Sean McVay has already referenced kind of sitting some guys and not get injured. Jalen Ramsey's probably not going to play, and I don't think they're really going to push anyone. I think that the you know off the Super Bowl run last year, they've had a really long, long season with a short offseason compared to most teams. I, uh, I'm scared of Todd Gurley this week. I'm scared of Jared Goff this week. I'm scared of just kind of them shutting it down the second half, whether they're winning or losing. Maybe it's a close game. They, they try and win, but if they get – down a little bit or up a little bit. Uh, I think the Rams might uh, might have a lot of scrubs in the second half. Yeah, totally agree, which is kind of a bummer because, I mean, playing against the Cardinals is always one that we want to exactly. go after. But, yeah, yeah. it's, um, it's it seems like a pretty easy stay away for me, at least for cash games where you want the reliable players. Yeah, and Robert Woods maybe, but uh, we'll get into receivers. But uh, Todd Gurley's a, a complete no-go for me. Yeah, yep. So high total games, we don't really have a lot on the slate. There's no games over 48 as of when I looked yesterday. Uh, only two games over 46. I think this is, a, this is the lowest over-under slate we've had all year. We have Falcons-Bucks, uh, <laughs> typical uh, NFC South stuff. Uh, over-under there is 47.5. Tampa Bay fair by 1.5. So probably the game that sets up the best for some some back-and-forth scoring with the low spread and the higher over-under. And then we have Saints-Panthers, also in the, uh, the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 13.5 point favored by the Saints there. So the over-under is 46.5. So the Saints have a high implied total, but uh, Carolina does not. Uh, you know, Obviously, they have Christian McCaffrey, so anything can happen there. But um, kind of weird that in, in a week that uh, you know we've got a lot of guys sitting, we've got a lot of stuff going on, there's, uh, there's only two games over 46, probably the lowest we've seen all year. Yeah, I mean, we have like a pretty big cluster. Um, it's not like there are, we have those and then there's like six games that are under 40. So right. there are some disgusting sub 40 games that we've already referenced a little bit, but, yeah. um, but the, the odd thing is, is that, I mean, it seems like they're everybody, you know, their price is if people don't care. Um, I mean, we have like that Patriots Dolphins game is 45, but the Patriots are favored by last I looked was 16. Um, right. They have the highest implied total, and since, thankfully the Patriots are always very easy to figure out who uh, who you want to get fantasy points from. So, <laughs> um, so we have like not necessarily high game totals, but we do have like a decent number of implied team totals that are high. So that almost makes it a little easier because then we don't have to be like, oh, let me get somebody from this side, the other side of the game, and it almost doesn't even matter because they they're not going to score any points. Yeah, and the Patriots, another team that they have something to play for. They're playing for seeding, but if they get up, you know, twenty-eight to ten at uh, at halftime or whatever it may be, you know, their team that you know, there's no point in them getting guys hurt. There's a chance they might have to play next week, but I guess if they win, they don't have to. So maybe they right. go, go, go guys guys go a little bit longer. But a lot of these teams who are playing for seeding. You know, they're going to play hard for a while, but if they get up in the, the second half, you got to think that you know Brady or Patrick Mahomes they could they might sit fourth quarters as they as they wouldn't normally in a, in a football game. Yep, totally agree. Um, you have to think. I, w- I would think this more with Mahomes than Brady, but you would think that if they got up ahead enough, that Mahomes was going to be a part of that. Um, whereas you know, the Patriots could run. Rex Burkhead four times and score four touchdowns are up 28, nothing. And then they all, or, or their defense just scores four. Yeah. Touchdowns. Yeah. Could be that yeah. too. So yeah. Uh, yeah, they had two touchdowns against the dolphins earlier this year. So exactly. Uh, you, you referenced the low total games. There are a, a trio of really low games. There's three games that are under 38. Uh, all games we referenced before with, uh, with playoff teams and sitting guys, the Steelers and Ravens are uh, over under 37 and a half bears, Vikings. It's 36 and a half. Jets Bills is thirty six. Uh, all games that uh, that look pretty gross uh, from from almost any angle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, just 
yeah, it's disgusting. And those games are close. And you're like, oh, well, you know, close game between two teams. But it's like when both teams have an implied total of like 18, <laughs> that's not really something you want to go after when they're, I think I counted seven teams that are at 25 for a team total, 25 or above. So um, at least we we know who to focus on. Yeah, totally there. Uh, primetime game we won't uh, we won't break down is the Niners and Seahawks. Uh, obviously, the game for the NFC West. Do you have a pick in that game? And uh, be careful what you say. 49ers. Oh, I like the way you think. Come on. Are you just saying that or you actually think they win the game? I'm going to plead the fifth on that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think they win that game. I think they're better than Seattle. It's as simple as that. I think they are too. It's just that building's been just a house of horrors that I'm a little I'm a little skeptical. Uh, you know, the Seahawks obviously banged up. They're bringing Marshawn Lynch in. But uh, I wonder if uh, that just lets Russell Wilson kind of run wild. But it should be fun. It should be a really high intense uh, good game. For sure. For sure. I, like you said, I'm for completely different reasons. I'm glad this game is not on the slate. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, I, I don't know. It should be interesting. It's uh, one of those games that, uh, you know, the Seahawks defense is not quite there, but uh, we won't break that one fully down. But it should be it should be a lot of fun. 49ers wearing the all white jerseys, which is a good sign. They're gonna win the game. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be spicy at night. Yeah, I'm all in now. Yeah, beautiful. I, I'm, so you weren't going to watch before, but now the jerseys are there. You're good. That's it. Yeah, that's it. All whites. I'm in. So let's, uh, let's jump into breaking down the actual slate. But first, a note from our uh, main sponsor, Yahoo. For sports and betting fans in the Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sportsbook powered by BetMGM allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports. And users of a legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey, they, they can click through the odds and place bets on BetMGM. New users 21 or older in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit receive $100 in free bets. Go to BetMGM betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started and for full other terms and conditions also yahoo daily fancy continues to launch new fancy contests every day visit yahoo.com slash daily fancy to enter an nfl nba or nhl contest today so as usual we'll start with the running backs uh, as always we start at the top with christian mccaffrey ten thousand this week on DraftKings, eleven thousand on fanduel um obviously a crazy season uh, you know people people that won uh, fancy championships uh, a lot of them was because of christian mccaffrey he's 215 yards from the all-time scrimmage record so they may try and shoot for that in this game against the saints need 67 yards to be the third guy ever to go a thousand a thousand uh the first guy ever was roger craig 49ers very underrated player mm-hmm. um the script is bad for the rush yards you know they, they they're 13 half point underdog uh will greer looked uh, pretty pretty bad last week but uh also, Gay, also uh, McCaffrey got 15 passes on 15 targets last week from Greer. So should catch a lot of passes again. Uh, are you feeling uh, McCaffrey uh, in your lineup this week? Uh, I, I like the builds that I have without him. Yeah, um, I do too. And I think on a week where um, he could get 67 rushing or receiving yards and then sit, I think there's, there's reason to think that maybe he's not such a great play this week, which – you know, is tough when he is the highest scoring guy by far. Um, the there's like actual talk that like they want him to get these records, though, which I yeah. mean, you can't coach speak is just isn't, this isn't even coach speak because this is like dumber than coach speak because they the like the, the season's over for them. They're playing a team that like needs to win. And um, McCaffrey is really the only guy, the only thing that they have going for them. But you're basically playing into a narrative that they want him to get these records and that scrimmage yard one, like he's going to have to get 35 touches to, to have a chance at it just because the saints defense is so good. Um, so I'll probably pass on him this week, which is like really scary, but, um, he had 34.3 points on, uh, DraftKings when they played uh, the last time in week 12, 
22 carries for 64 yards. You're like, oh, that's not that good. And of course, he caught all nine targets for 69 yards. Oh, and he had two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, But I think this is a very different situation, even though they are at home. But like I said, there. I think you can make up the McCaffrey points elsewhere uh, a little easier this week, just because we have so many. You know, we have pretty much everybody available that we would want. Um, So I, I think I'm going to pass on McCaffrey this week. Yeah, I, I kind of leaning that way too. The the builds I did early uh, kind of worked a little bit better without him. Obviously, he can do anything anytime. And 15 catches last week was just just absurd. Uh, but the Saints haven't allowed a 100 yard rusher in 37 straight games. Now we talked about last week is 36. They did not allow one last week. Um, so their run defense is really good. You got to think that Sean Payton keys on McCaffrey. Um, but you know, I, I guess keying on someone coming out of the backfield catching two yard passes is tough to do. Yeah, I mean, I think we. And we talked about this previously. Like, I think we just have to treat him like a wide receiver who also gets 60 rushing yards. Like, I don't think stats again, like rushing stats, we have to worry about with McCaffrey just because there are just so many targets. I mean, he's literally second in the league in in receptions, um, which is nuts. Like, for to to a guy who broke the all time reception. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And so. Uh, you know, I think he's like 10th or so in uh, in targets. And so, yeah, like if you had a guy like Michael Thomas, uh, who we'll talk about later, is, is 9,900. And McCaffrey basically gets just as many targets, maybe more receptions. The yards aren't there as much. But then he also tacks on 60 rushing. Now I'm convincing myself I should just play McCaffrey. Um, I don't know. It's uh, You have to be really confident in the running backs that you're taking. Uh, to fade McCaffrey. So let's jump into those other running backs. We've got, uh, I think, four guys that are considerations in the 8,000 range. We have Saquon Barkley at 8,700 on, on DraftKings. Actually, 9,300 on FanDuel. He's, He's way ramped up there. Uh, we have Zeke Elliott at 8,000 on DraftKings, 8,700 on FanDuel. Derrick Henry, 8,100 on DraftKings in the game they have to win. And then we have Aaron Jones at Detroit coming off his uh, his big week last week at 8,200 on DraftKings. Um, do you have a favorite of this group uh, before we kind of talk about all of them? Um, <clears throat> I think... Zeke is at the top for me. Uh, this is a must-win game for Dallas against a terrible Washington team. And so just the volume that he gets with Dak still a little banged up. We saw last week that um, you, know, you can't always rely on Dak. But Zeke, I mean, Zeke only had 13 rushing attempts, but he still caught all seven targets. And so, uh, you know, it was coming off a bad game. But I think given the, cir- the circumstance and his expected volume, he's the top one. The second is tough because... You have three very different situations where you have Green Bay needs to win. Um, and I want to say like Aaron Jones continues to split touches after he had 23 carries for 154 yards last week. Um, after I told like three or four people to play Mike Boone over him. Um, oh, no. Um, and then Barkley's in a game where the team he's playing has to win. Right. Uh, and his and but Barkley seems to be like the the king of garbage season time uh, fantasy points is he's just um, dominating the last two weeks uh, with the Giants, like well out of the playoff. I mean, they were out of it before then, but um, you know, games against Miami and Washington obviously helps. Um, So I think I actually have Henry above Barkley and Jones, just because like, you know, he's going to get all the touches. They have to win that game. Um, I, despite the mountain of evidence that Ryan Tannehill is a perfectly very good uh, quarterback, I think, they still need to rely on Henry more than than other quarterbacks that are priced around Tannehill. So um, I think I have Henry and Elliott above Barkley and Jones. 
Yeah, I fall in the I fall in the same uh, range there. I I really like Aaron Jones just for the, but except the fact that again, if Green Bay gets up and you know Aaron Rodgers has a couple passing touchdowns, they may uh, kind of back off in the second half. He has been out touching Jamal Williams pretty well the last couple yeah. of weeks. They, they maybe seem like they're they're finally figuring out that uh, that Aaron Jones is pretty darn good. Um, but I, I like Zeke the most in this range, too. Must-win game you know, against the Redskins, like you said. The Redskins are a disaster right now in defense. I mean, Barkley went for 22 for 189 against them last week. Yeah. Miles Sanders, 19 for 122 the week before. Then the, the aforementioned Aaron Jones, 16 for 134 in week 14. I mean, they're getting absolutely thrashed by huge games in the run game. Now you get Zeke Elliott coming in a game like you mentioned that uh, Dak did not play well. Um, I thought you and I agreed never to speak of it again, but apparently you broke that agreement. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, when we get to receivers. I didn't mention I didn't mention the one guy that I, yeah, I thought gonna, I agreed to skip, never. Uh, we'll just skip Amari Cooper when we talk about yeah. receivers. Um, uh, ugly. I did so well in the morning games last week. I was just looking at a monster week, and then Dak Amari, which I loved the stack, just absolutely, absolutely just crushed me. It was it was brutal. Uh, but I like Zeke this week. You know, it, just uh, going against this defense, he did not have a very good game last week, but looked pretty good. They just didn't. It just didn't work out the way the way that game flow worked out that he didn't really get fed as much as we wanted to. But um, I think Zeke at eight thousand is a really good play this week on DraftKings. You know, saving seven hundred on Barkley, uh, I like a lot. Saving six hundred on Fanduel and Barkley, I like a lot. Obviously, obviously there, the, the Eagles run D against Barkley. Uh, you know, a better run D than he's faced the last couple of weeks. You mentioned uh, Miami and Washington. Uh, he was seventeen for sixty six against them in Week fourteen. They have to win. I think it's just a spot that I, I'm probably staying away from Barkley at the price this week. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think he's a great GPP play because I think people will immediately go to Elliot or, uh, or Henry or like, I'm, I'm just not sure how much people put emphasis on motive, not motivation, but you know, team motivation in terms of like having to win this game. I mean, obviously this is a divisional game for the giants and being able to knock the Eagles out, um, maybe has some motivation, although like, ironically, if the giants win then the Cowboys kind of have an easier <laughs> spot. So I'm not yeah. sure. Um, if that's a lose-lose situation for the Giants or what. But um, I don't know. Like, I, I think Barkley is fine just because that it seems like they've rediscovered the fact that he's a, arguably the best running back in the NFL or one of them. And so um, the volume should be there. But I just don't know why you would play him, at least in like a cash game where you know the, the stakes for the Cowboys and you can have Elliott. Yeah, especially with the he's kind of his own little mini tier of pricing. I mean, I, I jumbled him in the eight thousand range, but he's you know five hundred more than yeah. the next expensive guy in Aaron Jones and six hundred or five hundred more on on Fanduel over Henry. Uh, I think I think Eagles Giants is close in the fourth quarter. By the way, I think that uh, the Eagles don't really know how to win when they're supposed to right now. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that I think that game might is going to be close in the fourth quarter. I think Philly probably wins it in the end, but uh, I do think it's close in the fourth quarter. Uh, you mentioned Derrick Henry; he sat last week. I think that's a really good decision. Yeah. You know, they needed to win one of these two games, and they can go for this one. And I think if Kansas City wins, Houston might uh, sit a bunch of guys in the second half. That, that week off should help the hamstring. He was twenty-one for eighty-six against Houston two weeks ago. Did not score, but he's over hundred yards in four or five. Eight touchdowns the last six games. Uh, I have no problem at all with Henry this week. I think they feed him. And like you said, um, you know, with Tannehill playing well, they still lean on Henry pretty good. Uh, I think Zeke's a little bit higher than Henry for me, but uh, they're closer than I first thought they'd be when I first started looking into it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't play McCaffrey, you can play two of these guys. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a strong consideration for me. Yeah. So I think generally that's if you think that um, playing, let's call it Zeke and Henry uh, and saving two thousand dollars where you can use it elsewhere. Uh, is more than than McCaffrey, then then you got to do it. 
Yeah, there are a couple of guys I really like in the 7,000, so let's jump into there. But I'll let, uh, let you go first. In this range, uh, do you have a favorite or two that you like that are in the 7,000s? Uh, I, I mean, obviously the idea of Kamara is great because um, the Panthers have been so bad against hasn't, running backs. Hasn't, hasn't it been all year long? Right, and I think <laughs> exactly. Um, like I went, I, I joked around with you. I sent you a, a lineup that just had uh, Kamara and Michael Thomas in it. <laughs> Like, we, well, we, we we will not uh, we will not reprint my uh, my response. <laughs> um, we obviously uh, have no reason to be able to trust the Saints, uh, at least Camara, um, because, like you said, there have been so many times a season where it's like, oh, this is a huge spot, a huge blow up spot for Camara, and he doesn't deliver. And we saw a little bit of it last week um, when he had two touchdowns, and so that's like what kind of pulls you back in. But again, um, he's kind of in this. I mean, he profiles very similarly to McCaffrey in terms of like the, um, you know, he doesn't get a ton of rushing attempts, but he does a lot in the passing game. Except when you really look at it, like he gets five to eight fewer rushing attempts and like half the targets of McCaffrey. Yep. And that's not that like Kamara is not getting the targets. It's just that McCaffrey is just so much higher. And so when you look at a team like the Panthers, whose struggles against running backs have come like when they're actually rushing the ball. Uh, I think they've. I think the number was 25 um, rushing touchdowns they've given up this year, which is nine more than the next highest team. I mean, it's it's crazy. That's impossible. Yeah, wow. and so and it's I think it's double digit uh, rushing touchdowns allowed in the last five games. And it's not that doesn't mean like Kamara can't rush for a touchdown, but like they do have a running back that they like to give carries to, and it's not that Latavius Murray gets like all of this volume that we're considering him but like his volume is big enough where instead of Kamara getting 18 to 20 carries he's getting 11 to 13 because Murray is there getting seven to nine or ten so um it's enough where uh playing a team that gives up a ton of rushing yards and rushing attempts and Kamara really is best in the open field catching passes that 7800 even against the Panthers is like not low enough for me to be like, yes, I want that in my lineup when I can pay 200 more for Ezekiel Elliott, at least on draft. Yeah. I, uh, I agree that too. And it, it feels to me like if there's a guy that they back off of, it's usually Kamara. I mean, they back off of him in the regular season. Sometimes, you know, when in the middle of the season, when the games really matter, if they get up in this game, you know, it just feels like they, uh, they may back off him. Um, they could, they could end up playing next week too. Like I yep. think if, Niners win and Green Bay wins. They become the three seed. So they, they and that's a very possible uh, situation there. You know, Niners, uh, you know, could win. They're a small favorite, and the Packers are obviously a pretty, pretty much a, a big favorite over the Lions at ten points. But I just feel like in the second half, if they're going to back up someone, it's going to be Kamara. They tend to take it easy on. Him. They want him to be full strength. And if they, if it kind of lays out that the Packers are winning, and it looks like they're going to, they, they might be the three seed. You got to think that they, uh, they maybe, maybe save some gas on Kamara in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I think it falls kind of in the same realm of like, if you have him, you're obviously hoping that they're up a, up enough in the first half right. because he's the one who had the, the monster game. But of course, there's just like every indication to think that it's actually Michael Thomas who will have the monster game. Yeah, and I mean, Carolina, you mentioned so bad against running backs that it's interesting. There are uh, there are two guys below Kamara that I actually like a little bit more. The first one for me is Nick Chubb. 
7500 on DraftKings, 7900 on FanDuel, so a little bit cheaper on DraftKings, same price as Kamara on FanDuel. Uh, he's leading the rushing title by 92 yards right now, so you, you got to think they're going to try and uh, win that for him. A 92-yard lead's pretty good, so he, he should be pretty good there. I don't think McCaffrey will run that for that many yards against the Saints. But 90-plus rush yards in five of seven weeks. He was bad last week against Baltimore. Tough matchup, 15-45. But really good matchup this week. They're playing at Cincinnati. Uh, their linebackers are still not good. They're, they're a bit better against the run lately. Their defensive line's playing a little better, but their linebackers are still really bad. So anytime Chubb kind of breaks that first line, he's got a, a chance to break on the big one. I just think that uh, – I think we see a a couple of big runs from Nick Chubb, and at least one of them results in a touchdown. Did you know that Nick Chubb leads the league in 100-yard rushing games? Uh, I'm not surprised. I was surprised he's leading the league by 100 yards in total yards. I, I knew he'd done well, but I didn't quite think he'd been that far ahead of everybody. Yeah, he's got 700-yard games, and he also leads the league in 20-yard um, uh, rushing attempts. I feel like it's been pretty quietly, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... If you ask a bunch of people like who leads the NFL in rushing yards, I don't think Nick Chubb is the first yeah, I, two or three choices. Yeah, with all the all the stuff in Cleveland all year with right. with OBJ and Mayfield, you know that's kind of been the story and them not being good. But uh, Chubb's been really good and, and really good consistently, really good all year long. So you like him more than Mixon? So Mixon's the other guy this yeah. range that I really like too. I like both these guys. Um, I, I like a build. My my first build that I was dealing with was either um, you know one of those like Zeke Henry type guys with and then with Chubb and Mixon and kind of figuring it out from there. I have to figure out to, as we get lower if I have enough wide receivers that are cheap that I like. But I really like Joe Mixon. I mean, he was sick last week and you know the video was right before the game was kind of him walking slowly on the field and I actually morphed a couple of lineups that had him in it. I really liked him last week, but he still had twenty twenty one twenty one touches 20, twenty one carries. Um. And a few, uh, he had a few, a few catches too. I mean, he, he was two, he 23 much, touches. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much still fully involved. Didn't do a lot with it. Uh, I mean, he was kind of game scripted out of that game in the second half. Miami is way up and Andy Dalton had to, you know, have a huge passing Jeez. game to catch them up. Just super active lately for Mixon, and the Browns are really struggling against the run right now. Last week, they were uh, 20 carries for 120 yards to Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards combined. Kenyon Drake had the four-touchdown game in Week 15, and then Mixon himself uh, three weeks ago was 23 for 146. So uh, all systems go for me on both running backs in this game. There's no concern that the game like means nothing? It's just like, oh, it's a big game because it's Divisional 1 and the teams I don't like each other. I just think that, like, it means nothing, and these, they might as well just hand the ball off to these guys and let them go and see what happens. I mean, sometimes those mean-nothing games you know, turn out to be big stack yeah, games. We yeah, see yeah. big stack games in Week 17. I mean, it's possible. If they one of these teams gets up a bunch, you know, they're not going to run Nick Chubb in the ground just to do it. But if the game stays relatively close, I, I think both these guys play most of the way. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, what, do you do with, uh, what do you do with your boy Leonard Fournette this week? No, it's a pass for me. <laughs> 340, just... 341 touches this year, three touchdowns. Jeez. It's hard. It's hard to do in the NFL. I didn't. I also don't think I got any of them. Like I, I, <laughs> I played him no, multiple. I, I don't. Times. I don't have to think about that. I know I've got many games with zero. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, Joe Mixon also only has three touchdowns. And he's got uh, yeah, uh, I, only twelve, thirteen fewer carries. <laughs> yeah, know. it hasn't uh, hasn't been a great touchdown year for him either. Although I think we think of Fournette as a guy who scores the goal line a little more. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I mean, given the other options, I just so I don't see any reason to have to play him. Um, like I would pay up a, a little more for Mixon or Chubb um, and then or I'd go down just because I think there are a few playable guys like I, I wouldn't play Fournette in cash. And for GPPs, I'd probably go down. So because I think that there are guys with pretty solid upside um, that would be able to match 
which apparently a Fournette game is one touchdown. So, <laughs> yeah. I guess he yeah. had two. Didn't he have two in one game? He had two one yarders yeah. in, in one game. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's still pretty active. The targets are still there. 19 last two weeks. I just, I just think, like you said, that the key for me is there's other guys a little bit above and a little below that I, I just prefer playing. Right. Right. Uh, how do you feel about Kenyon Drake this week coming off two monster games? Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it. I, I get playing him. Um, they obviously like he's the guy. So there's that. I think last game, last week's game was pretty surprising, um, just because you know, any matchup like in Seattle is not one that you generally are like, yeah, let me go get the the road underdogs running back for. But um, right. But I'd, an 80 yard touchdown later, and that changes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I probably play him over Fournette. Yeah, I would too. I, uh, I I won't. I would not consider him if Kyler Murray doesn't play. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I know that uh, I know Brett Hundley is a is a mobile quarterback also, but I just think this the the, the way that uh, the Rams would treat Hundley and Murray, I think with uh, with attacking the run games, can be pretty different. Yeah. Yep. I think that's right. Uh, so a bit lower than that, we have uh, we have Miles Sanders on at sixty eight hundred on DraftKings. We have Marlon Mack at sixty nine hundred on DraftKings. Uh, are you a fan of either of those guys this week? Uh, Sanders more than Mac. I mean, obviously, um, I think Jordan Howard is, is expected back, but he's been out long enough where I think you still, um, you still think Sanders gets a majority of the touches, but like Mac is just kind of, not that he's in like a no man's land, but like, I, I don't see a reason to play him. Like Marlon Mack's one of the, because he like doesn't catch passes at all. Um, he's one of those guys that I play like when I feel like I have to play him, like, Oh, the matchup is just way too good. And there are not that many options. And he's only 6,200. Like, there are steps to me for playing Marlon Mack, and the, I'm just not there this week. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm on board with that. I mean, uh, Jordan Wilkins played a bunch last week, and Mack was still good in that in that really good matchup. He was 16 for 95 and a touchdown. He, another good matchup this week against Jacksonville. But I feel like you, I think I, I like Sanders more. I like uh, I like Mixon more. So he just kind of falls again in that range where he's priced. That uh, I just there's other guys I prefer. Right. Exactly. Anybody else in the in the six thousand range uh, that uh, you like before we kind of jump into a couple cheap guys? Uh, I think Philip Lindsay's worth a look in GPPs. Like he um, is coming off a really good game. This game against Oakland, like the Raiders still have a shot, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But I mean, they need like seventeen things to go their way, it, it, and all seventeen worked last week. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, it, was, it was bonkers that all worked out. I was like, oh. The, They'll be done by, you know, 1030 on, on, on Sunday morning. And I was like, oh, all five of those checkboxes happened. Right. Like I, I'm on NFL.com right now. So so the, the important thing is that the Raiders have to win. Like yes. if they don't win, then it's over. So like we know that they're going to play to win. That doesn't mean that they're good enough that they're going to that like we shouldn't play Lindsay. But they have to win. The Steelers have to lose. The Titans have to lose. The Colts have to win. And uh, the Raiders, as they put it, they clinch the strength of victory tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. And that happens if uh, if one of the following teams win or tie, which is somehow the Bears, uh, Lions, who are both in the other conference, which is one of my favorites, or and the Chargers or the Patriots. Uh, and so um, at least they got the Patriots. The Patriots should win. Uh, yeah. So that that's the easy one. Um, but the, the Steelers Ravens game suddenly looks it looks t- a lot tougher than it would have been though. Exactly. If, uh, Ravens were playing for something. Well, sure, sure. So, um, but ultimately the Raiders have to win. Um, which I guess I should have mentioned Josh Jacobs if he plays. Uh, although he sounds pretty banged up. Apparently had had foot surgery on Wednesday too. Uh, yeah. From what I read, it was a uh, like a infection, infection. Or, or like yeah, a rash, yeah. basically. But Still not ideal. Not ideal. Not ideal. Yeah. Um. So. And- 
And thanks for the vague Instagram story, Josh. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but anyway, like I, I think Lindsay is fine uh, in GPPs. He's got like great upside for the limited touches that they give him for some reason. Uh, and for that, like I'd rather play him than try to figure out the James White, Sonny Michelle, uh, Rex Burkhead situation. Uh, no. So hard pass. Yeah, I'm, I'm over that. But yeah, and the nice thing with Lindsay, he did have 41 snaps last week, which is a big jump up. 19 carries for 109 yards. So. It, it felt like they, they kind of leaned on him a little bit last week, and maybe that'll continue on to, in, in a good matchup against the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and the guys, at least on DraftKings, right around him, literally, Eckler is above him and Melvin Gordon is below him. Like It's one of those situations where I think if um, if one was out, you'd absolutely play the other one, but I don't know how you like comfortably play either of them. Yeah, and, you know, the Raiders are better against the run than the pass, but still, I, I'm not afraid of playing a, a running back against the Raiders. Yep. So as we jump way, way down from there, yeah, who you got uh, for me pro- here? What's there's a, there's a couple of guys down here. There's one that I like that you're not going to like, and then there's one that uh, really depends on Josh Jacobs. Funny enough, as we yeah. just talked about, uh, DeAndre Washington will hit real quick. He's 5200. Uh, he on drafting 6300 on Fanduel. Uh, if Josh Jacobs doesn't play, he's got the shoulder injury. He's got the foot infection thing that we talked about. It sounds like that won't affect him. Um, but you know, I think he's still pretty much up in the air whether he's going to play or not. He was uh, DeAndre was really good last week. 23 carries, mm-hmm. 85 yards, and a touchdown. Only three targets, but they were up all game against the Chargers. Uh, the key was he played 40 snaps again, which is the number we referenced the time before with no job Jacobs. It, it's clear that if Jacobs doesn't play, it, it's Washington as the, as the main kind of bell cow guy. Yeah, the only the only issue is that they're the later slate, like they're the second yes. half of the day. And so you don't have like a ton of, uh, although you're, it sounds like you might have another one for me if uh, unless they're in the early game. But they that's are, the only hesitancy are, with Washington. Early games. Uh, my other one here. Uh, my other one's really cheap. It's a guy that was a uh, like a late second, early third round draft picks in season long league. Uh, Forty seven hundred on DraftKings. How about the Chiefs, Damian uh, Williams? I knew you were gonna hate it. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I think if I play Damian Williams, it just locks in Lashawn McCoy for three touchdowns. Uh, that's always the concern. I mean. I looked at, at Williams' game log a little bit, and when he is playing and healthy, you know, in the last three games he's been that that way, he's pretty much been the guy. Like, yeah. When he yeah. does play, they, they lean on him pretty heavy. He had 16 carries last week against the Bears, also had three catches for 22 yards on a touchdown. The time before he played the most of the game uh, against Tennessee in Week 10, he had 19 carries for 17 yards, played 60 snaps in that game. Uh, the game before that, he played 43 snaps. He was 12 for 125 against the Vikings. Um, I think that hidden in all his struggles and injuries and all that kind of stuff is that when he's healthy and good to go, no one else has stepped up. I mean, McCoy had a couple of spots, but, you know, Darwin Thompson, who was the, everybody loved in the preseason, yeah. did not. Spencer Ware, they picked up off the street. He went on IR this week. I just think that when Williams is healthy and going, you know, he's the guy. My only concern is that, you know, if they do get up, uh, they're going to sit him because they can't risk him getting hurt. But it just I, I think he's easily the best guy in that backfield. He's the guy they lean on when he's ready. Um, you know, the matchup is uh, is not uh, fantastic. He, they don't, the Chargers haven't given up a 100-yard rusher since week eight. But 4,700 on DraftKings seems way, way low for a guy with me that way more upside than that. I, I love him in GPPs this week. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think he's a very good GPP play. It's weird to me that that game is on the early side, like – it is, I, I, you, especially with other games that affect it later. It, it's right. an odd. It's odd they put that one at ten. There must be a. Uh, there must be a reason. It, probably because New England plays earlier, and they didn't want those two games to get uh, to get crossed up. Uh, I guess so. That makes sense. It's just I weird to see, team, like, yeah, that, that affects the two seed. It's it's weird to see like a a California team not traveling all the way across the country to play an early game, whereas Pittsburgh Baltimore is at four twenty five Eastern. 
nobody cares about the Chargers. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, anybody else that uh, that's cheap on the running back slate that uh, that you're interested in at all? No, and that yeah, that's either. that bothered me significantly when I'm like, oh yeah, let me play McCaffrey and Michael Thomas because I'll be you know it's week 17, people are resting, I'll be able to find some cheap guys, and there really aren't any. Like I, um, I can't believe I'm saying this because there's a guy you skipped over. I think Le'Veon Bell might not be bad if the if the Bills don't really play full games. Um, from what I read today, it could be his last game as a Jet, which is uh, a bummer since my son got a Le'Veon Bell shirt for Christmas. Um, can, he, can, he, can he still trade that in? Uh, there's like a, yeah, there's like a, two, so. a month policy or something, isn't oh, there? Jeez. Uh, knowing the Jets, it's like a one-second policy. But um, I don't know. There's just like I, – I was hoping guys would sit. And, you know, we have like the uh, – we know Ingram's out anyway. Um, but it's like uh, – do you really want to like try to figure out if Gus Edwards is going to get all the carries? And even so, like we're saying, like the Baltimore defense, I mean, excuse me, the uh, Pittsburgh defense has been pretty good. And then, you know, we have Washington. If um, Devin Singletary kind of takes a backseat, do you want to play 4,000 Frank Gore? And it's like, oh, I, I don't really want that against the Jets because um, the Jets have been so good against the run this year. And that's all Frank Gore does. Like he's not going to go out and catch 12 passes. So I don't know. It's like really disappointing that we don't, have these like obvious um, backups. At least we don't as of Friday morning. Uh, so I don't know. It's, uh, we, it's we a bummer. Damien Williams. <sighs> yeah. Damien Williams is the guy. Unfortunately. It's, it's way too cheap. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, just, I, I understand yeah. there are pitfalls. There are issues with playing time too. And there's, it's still Damien Williams and it's been rough year, but 4,700 is, is just way too cheap for me. Yeah. I think that's fair. But my most important question, did you buy the Le'Veon Gels jersey? No. Jersey, or was that from someone else? I didn't. Somebody called us, okay. and they were like, does um, does he have a Darnold shirt? And we're like, oh, yeah, he does. And they're like, okay, thanks. And, like, there was no, like, follow-up. And then the <laughs> Le'Veon Bell shirt showed up. And it was, I mean, in fairness, I think, I like, I'm a fan. I'm a Le'Veon Bell fan. It's just a bummer that, like, Adam Gase hates him, and they're going to look to trade him and pay half his salary to get a fourth-round draft pick. I for a team that crazy, can't be trusted the cra- in the draft. The craziest story of this season has been all the guys that Gays had that have just thrived elsewhere this year. Tannehill, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker, Parker. yes. Yeah, it is wild how good of seasons those guys have had. And just oh, getting away from Adam Gaze is kind of all that all they needed to do so. Yeah, I, and Parker's the only one who stayed. Um, yeah. Which is, so it's not like I necessarily can feel great like if the Jets get rid of Gaze, which I don't think they're going to. Um, that automatically everybody who stays will be great. You don't think that could be a one and done? Uh, I, I think it should be, but no, I, I don't think he will. And um, they're probably going to let Robbie Anderson go, which is fine because he's not worth $14 million, but I just assume he'll be an all pro next year. <laughs> yeah. Can you bet on that? <laughs> <laughs> probably somewhere. We'll take it. So let's jump into the passing game, quarterbacks and receivers. But first, a note from our sponsor, Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be? Predicted and earn points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all RotoWire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and mentioning them here. This week will be uh, the 49ers Seahawks game, the one primetime game. So if you want to play on that one, it should be a lot of fun. You can also form your own league with your fancy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair Quarterback. Make every game bigger. So I'm gonna let you start on quarterbacks this week, Andrew. Uh, who do you who do you like this week? I had trouble um, finding more than one or two that I really really like this week. Is it because you thought that they were the only ones playable, or were there too many playable ones, and you decided that certain ones were better? 
I had trouble finding ones I really, really wanted to play. Okay. Um, I, I feel the same, but it's not because I think that, like, I think you can make a case for like eight or nine quarterbacks. That doesn't right. mean that, that they're like, the cases are good enough where you're like, that's who I want to play. But I think like there are plenty of reasons to play Mahomes, Breeze, uh, I hate playing Rodgers. I wouldn't pay 6900 for him. But, like, if you were like, I'm going to play Rodgers, like, I'm not going to kill you on that one. Tannehill, um, yeah, I don't want to include Deshaun Watson, but I might as well. Winston, Ryan. Um, we talked about off the pod about Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, I like that one. I think, like, I think you can make a reasonable case to play any one of those guys. Uh, I don't think any of them, like, jump out um, because we have this – situation where you know some teams are playing for you know they have to win this Tannehill Watson game like both of those teams are still uh, looking for wins more the Titans um whereas you have Winston Ryan who like that game means absolutely nothing so maybe that's the game that scores 85 points because they uh, combined for 10 touchdowns um I wish Mahomes was like back to being what he used to be like the the early season Mahomes is not what we're seeing right now um I'm guessing early season Mahomes in this matchup is like 8,200 instead of 7,200 on DraftKings. Yeah. Um, and the guy that I ended up putting ahead of everybody else, which uh, worried me significantly, was Drew Brees. Brees has been freaking on fire. 12 yeah. touchdowns the last two weeks, three plus touchdowns in five of six games, and they are throwing the ball over the field. Uh, good match against Carolina. The game script is a little concerning, but again, you hope that if they get up, it's because Drew Brees went off in the first half. He had 311 yards, three touchdowns them in week 12. I just wonder, he had some knee inflammation earlier this week. I just wonder how hard they go on Breeze this week, knowing that uh, they, they're going to need him in the playoffs. But they need the win. I mean, like. They do. But I would just wonder if they get up 21 to 3. I guess you hope it's him with three touchdowns. But uh, I don't know. I could see them shutting him down pretty early in this in the second half. Um, yeah, that's but, fair. But Sean Payton is a guy that's weird, too. Like, he may go for some random record and feed Michael Thomas. 28 more times trying <laughs> to record that no one could ever catch. Like I could see the saints doing that too. Hell, they worked out Antonio Brown this morning. So I don't know what the hell the saints are doing. <laughs> that's not, that's, by the way, that's not a fake news. That's, I, Antonio Brown worked out for the, the saints. Yeah. Um, it's absurd. I understand the hesitation. Um, if I like play drew Brees in cash, I will hundred percent have a, a few GPP lineups with Camara just to make sure that this is right. not the game that he has the three touchdowns. But um, like, who are the guys that you liked more than Breeze? Uh, I like Jameis more. Okay. Uh, Sixty six hundred on draft. He's in there. He's still never been priced up. I just the Atlanta pasty has been better. Like he was so bad early. Uh, they've only allowed four passing touchdowns total the last four weeks. But you know, Jameis leads the NFL in passing yards. They're going strictly for stats at this point. He's top three hundred yards eleven times. He's going to throw for five thousand yards. Uh, crazy enough, he could become the first 30-30 quarterback ever in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Is that wild? I mean... Two, if he gets two interceptions, he'll have 30, and he'll be the first ever to have 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. I mean, 30 is a lot. It's a, it's a ton. <laughs> um, I almost said a different word I shouldn't have said, and I would have been in trouble with Pete Shakey, so I'm glad I didn't. Um, <laughs> That's crazy, three, Three touchdowns or more in six straight games against the Falcons. He had three thirteen and three touchdowns in week twelve. I know he has no Evans and no Godwin, and that's pretty significant, but you know, he just slides Bashad Perriman and, and Justin Watson in there and, and calls it a day. 
I don't know. I still think he's underpriced, which is crazy considering how good he's been and how he's leading the league in passing yards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you have no concern the fact that he has no Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Sure. I mean, that's a concern, but you know, I had that concern last week and he, he got it done at the yards. He didn't have that. He only had, I think he only had one touchdown, but still at 335 yards. I just think that they don't care and they're going to throw the ball a hundred times again. Yeah. I, I think that's reasonable, but like, shouldn't the same apply to Ryan? It should apply to Ryan. I think, it, I think this is the game that if you're looking for a game that could shoot out, they built have nothing to play for. Um, you know, the, the Ryan's weapons are a little bit decreased too with, uh, you know, so they traded Sanu and Calvin Ridley is, is hurt, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a possible really good game script between these two. Uh, Ryan only has ton, 10 touchdowns the last eight games combined, though. That, that scares me a little bit, too. But has 300-plus yards and three or four. Tampa Bay defense has been better lately. Um, kind of surprisingly, they've, uh, they've they've been pretty good against the pass the last, uh, last few weeks. But uh, both teams' defense are playing a little better. But this, if, they're, if, we're, if we're looking for a game that's going to be a shootout, it's got to be this one, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the total would be, like, you know, at least a touchdown higher if they had sure. yeah. uh, Evans and Godwin. So, yeah, and you and you put Ridley in there too. Like this is a, sure. this, is a this is a fifty-two and a half right, 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 spread pretty easily. But um, so I guess I got to ask you, what? Uh, how do you feel about Dak this week going against a really bad defense of 6,200 on DK? I'm a little scarred from last week. He was terrible last week. Six uh, six yard YPA, no touchdowns. Missed a lot of open throws. He had Cooper a couple times early that really just hurt. He had a he had a couple touchdowns he missed. He had Tavon Austin wide open, like three yard separation, missed him deep. Um, you know the throwing arm injury. Uh, I probably uh, underplayed it more than I should have last week. It, it clearly affected him. Uh, it's a must win this week. You know if uh, if Philly's up a bunch, maybe they pull back on Dak with the injury. But as long as that Philly Giants game stays relatively close, going you know going the mid third quarter, you know Dak will play the whole way. Daniel Jones was 352 for five touchdowns last week against the Redskins. Carson Wentz had three touchdowns the week before that. It all lines up really well for Dak. I just I, that lingering uh, arm injury scares me now. Yeah, and for how much I like Zeke, I just don't see a reason yeah. to play Prescott. Like I'd rather play Jones. I'd rather play Wentz. You know the guys that just killed the killed the Redskins. So like, I think the separation in price between Prescott and even the Winston Ryan group, like I just don't see a reason to. To need to play him does does zach Ertz have to play for you to play wentz no no all right no. you you are you're the greg ward jr uh, fan club president <laughs> i actually didn't play him last week when everybody else did i went with steve sims which um, so i guess you're the worked, great but... you're, you're the greg ward jr whisperer then that, there you go um yeah i mean obviously no Ertz is like a huge loss but like goddard has been great um yeah he's not Ertz. Uh, let's not Go he's, that far, but he's like pretty darn, he's pretty darn good though. He is, yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, you just look at it. I think that the yardage isn't nearly as high as Winston's, but like when you look at how many times Wentz is throwing the ball, I mean, just in his last was a six starts, 40, 45, 46, 50, 43, and 40 uh, pass attempts. Um, why not? Got, got to give Wentz some props. He's done a hell of a job with all his receivers hurt. Yeah. I mean, it seems like. Whenever he has a bad game, like everybody piles on him, and they're like, "He sucks." They should have kept Nick Foles, but like they've had the 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 pass catching injuries they've had is just ridiculous. And his top top three receivers are fully out. Right, it's it's wild. Right, so like I get not playing him for that reason, but you also need to at least appreciate that he's going to throw the ball forty times, or he he has been throwing forty times against a, a garbage Giants secondary that in a game they need to win. 
Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you mentioned, he's 6,800 on DraftKings, 7,900 on FanDuel, uh, 279 yards and two touchdowns with a rush TD against Houston two weeks ago. Multiple touchdown passes in six straight games. I don't even know how that's possible, but it, it is a true fact. Uh, he's uh, Quarterbacks have been over 300 yards in three of the last four against Houston. They are bleeding a little bit on the passing end, and they could sit some guys, especially late to here, especially if uh, if the situation works out with a locked in the four seed. Uh, any love for Tannehill? I, I kind of like Derrick Henry enough that I was going away from Tannehill. Kind of your same thing with uh, with Zeke and, and, and Prescott. Yeah, I every every week since Tannehill's taken over, like I look for reasons not to play him. And like every week he gives you reasons to play him. Right. Uh, but like I, there are enough guys here that I'm like, okay, I don't have to play Tannehill this week, but I think he, I mean, against Houston in a must win game, like, yeah, he makes a ton of sense. So go nuts. I just, I, I can't jump on that when, when you can play Winston or Ryan or Wentz or breeze, like they're just other guys who are like, I'm saving money from going from Ryan Tannehill to Winston or Ryan or, you know, like it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't, I, it was a weird pricing this week on, on Winston. I just, he's never really fully moved up. Uh, RG three fifty one hundred. Um, I mean, that's a, like what jumps out of you when, um, when you hear that, that Lamar Jackson is not going to play. Right. Um, be, just because he's pre profiles similarly doesn't mean he's Lamar Jackson. And so like, I'm out. I really don't yeah, see it. The Pittsburgh too. defense, was, Pittsburgh yeah, needs to win. Defense. Like, it was a different defense, maybe, but against Pittsburgh, I just, I, I have trouble. And they, you know, they might, have not, they might have been play the third string guy in the second half some too. It's, it's possible there. I mean, even, even if you told me he played the whole game, like I just don't, <laughs> I don't need it. That's how I look at it. Anybody else uh, in the cheaper five thousand range you consider? Any, uh, any Gardner Minshew love this week? Uh, no. Yeah. No. I looked at it at first. You know, he's got some decent weapons, but uh, he hasn't topped 201 yards since his return. I just, I don't think there's a reason to play him. Right. Um, I think I'm more likely to play Case Keenum at 4,500 oh. on DraftKings, and I'm not playing Case Keenum. 4,500 is nice, but uh, yeah, I, I guess that's not the worst idea. It's just, it's still Case Keenum. Right. I mean, Will Greer's 46. I played Boy, him last week. He, he did not look good. Uh, no. No, he didn't. <laughs> and DJ Moore may not play this week, so that right. kind of throws that off a little bit too. Yeah, but we have a kind of a, a tough situation again that like RG3 is really the only like backup on a good team that we can consider. And it's just the, the gap between Lamar and, and I mean, everybody, but specifically RG3, like the, the way that Jackson has made himself into this elite fantasy option is something that nobody else does. And so that includes his backup. So I just don't see it. Yeah, and you said it best. A lot of people were like, oh, you know, the offense is built for a mobile quarterback. But, you know, I think comparing anybody to Lamar in any offense is just getting absurd. Right. And and we have a very clear history of RG3 not being able to avoid injuries while trying to run the ball as opposed to Lamar so far, knock on wood. Never, never nearly the runner that Lamar. Of course. That's then nobody yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's jump into wide receivers. I think there's a, a pretty clear two at the top, although the uh, the price difference is fairly significant between Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. Michael Thomas, 9,800 on DraftKings, 9,200 on FanDuel. Um, he has doubled it catches. That's not targets, but catches in four of the last five. It yeah. just got crazy. Um, over 125 yards and a score in three straight games. Touchdowns five of six. There's no reason to read his resume again. Um, uh, do you like him this week against Carolina? Do you think they pull back off the passing game a little bit? That didn't sound like it because you like Drew Brees also. Uh, are you in on Michael Thomas again? Uh, part of my liking Drew Brees is that it gave me access to Michael Thomas without actually having to have Michael Thomas. And I've written like multiple times this year, like obviously every catch is much more valuable to the wide receiver 
than it is to the quarterback. But um, 9,900, just the way that I built, like I just, it's tough to fit in if you pay up for even two running backs, let alone three. Like you're probably not going to get Michael Thomas. Like last week, Thomas was popular with Julio Jones because we had the Deion Lewis starting for um, Derrick Henry and then um, uh, Washington starting for Jacob. So like you had those two cheap guys. So you could spend up on wide receivers, and a lot of people went with Thomas and Julio Jones, which uh, I, I think they're the clear two top ones this week, although Devontae Adams isn't too far behind, I, I think. Um, but it, I think it's more of a construction thing that I'm just not sure I have. I'm not even sure I have 8,500 for Julio, let alone 99 for Michael Thomas. Deion Lewis, 9.7 DraftKings points. Love it. I mean, at— Taste the worst. Yeah, at, at 40-whatever he was, 4,500, like it wasn't— so bad and we just we don't have that yet this week i mean maybe we get some like crazy inactives that throw everything um throw everything off where we get it really guy, discounting but... my damian williams play uh well you need two of them like <laughs> like you need to play like elliot williams and uh you know i don't even think washington is cheap enough now to, to at least let you get thomas and, and julio i think part of the thing that got me last week i did not play thomas and julio jones despite playing uh, Lewis and, and Washington is that I'm just so like, and it's dumb, but like historically Julio has just screwed me so many times, but I kind of didn't factor in the fact that I was playing Julio and Michael Thomas. Like I had the Michael Thomas floor. I wasn't just relying on Julio to have this monster game. And then when both of them did, it was like, I, it sounds weird to be like, Oh, I, I don't never want to use Julio as a wide receiver one, but I'll use him as a two. Like that's exactly what was the optimal play last week. And because I, you never think of Julio as a wide receiver two on a fantasy lineup. You're just like, oh, I, I just don't want to play Julio, and I got burned. Yeah, I saw a lot of a lot of really high up there lineups with with both Thomas and Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julio has 35 targets yeah. the last two weeks, 300 yards, uh, you know, 20 and 15 targets. Crazy volume with Calvin Ridley out. Got to think that uh, that keeps up this week against uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has been better uh, against the pass. We talked about that earlier. We talked about Matt Ryan. Uh, they held DeAndre Hopkins to five for 23 last week. Uh, but I think, you know, Julio getting that many targets is is pretty hard not to like. Would you play him over Thomas, though? I would. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, it's hard to say, but this week, if I can save 1,400, I think I'd rather have Julio this week. And do you think he's worth 500 more than Devontae Adams on DraftKings? That's a pretty good call. Uh, they're they're probably pretty close. Adams has 29 targets the last two weeks, 100, uh, 100 yards or a touchdown in five of the last six games. Um, I think I like Julio a little bit more, but uh, I could see I could see making the case for Devonte there. I just, uh, yeah, similar situations. I just I worry that uh, Green Bay doesn't throw the ball the second half, and maybe Rogers sits if they kind of they kind of get locked in or they get way ahead. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that Adams is is pretty solid, pretty safe. With you just, they just they just focus on him so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think? What do you think the ownership difference is? Uh, I think Julio is twice uh, twice as much owned. At least. Wow. Okay. I think he's. I think it's a pretty big bump. Uh, I think everybody wants Julio right now, especially in a game with the highest total. Sure. Uh, the thirty-five targets. It's Julio Jones. It's still eighty-five hundred. You know, it doesn't feel like it's that much for Julio, and mm-hmm. he still has the name. Um, yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's a significant uh, amount more than Adams. Okay. I think you're. I agree. Okay. Uh, anybody else in this range? Uh, do you like Tyreek Hill this week? Do you like Julian Edelman? DeAndre Hopkins scares me with the fact that Houston, you know, might not need to play uh, for for a seed by the time they go. I just, uh, I don't want to play that at the at the price. I don't want to put in that much money in the guy. I guess you could you could late swap him out and, and do it that way. But uh, I'm not that interested in Hopkins this week. Yeah, I the the way that all of my constructions went, um, 
and I wrote about this a little bit, like I was either looking at Adams, Jones, or Thomas, or I'm going under 5,000, um, okay. which obviously not, is not a bill that everybody will do. In cash games, like if you're paying up for running backs, like you're, you maybe get one of these guys, let alone two. And this six, 6,000 to 70, let's call it to Edelman, 7,300 on DraftKings. Like there are a lot of really good guys in this range. And I just there don't are, see how you I, fit. I liked a lot of guys in this Yeah, range. I don't know how you fit any of them um, if you're paying up elsewhere. I mean, I think A.J. Brown, which um, like feels weird saying, but like he had that, I'm going to call it a bailout touchdown last week on that 49-yard um, rushing attempt. I mean, he only had two targets, but like he was awesome before that. And I, if you think I, I love AJ Brown, yeah, and I mean against the Texans, I think he stands out like significantly uh, versus the other guys in this range. I mean, you have, like I said, you have like good players in here. Um, you got the Rams guys with Woods and Cup, uh, but we were talking, you know, they don't really have a, they don't have anything to play for. Uh, Devontae Parker's playing against New England, which is just a horrible situation. Allen Robinson is fine, but like if you're going to play Allen Robinson, why wouldn't you just play Brown? Um, I, I really like Allen Robinson this week. Okay. I think yeah. he's overlooked. So I think he's a fine matchup, but I, so if you're from an ownership perspective, I think that makes sense because I think people are more likely to go down a little bit with, uh, Brashad Perriman. It's which yep. like reading Brashad Perriman, 6,700, you're like, what happened to this football season? Yeah. Can um, you imagine if you, if you're like, if you could go in the future and look at that week 17, be like, what the hell happened? To yeah, yeah. You're like, would you rather play uh Brashad Perriman at 6,700 Amari Cooper at 65 uh, <laughs> digs at 65. And you're just like, wait, what Galladay at 63. So like the, all of these guys, I think are really good. Like Galladay, uh, Cortland Sutton, Sterling yeah, Shepard this week too. Yeah. I mean like these guys are really good and I just not sure how they fit. Um, Particularly in cash lineups, um, if you're you know playing three running backs, we we're talking about how the really if you play Damian Williams and you know then if you play two of the expensive guys Jones and Zeke or whatever whoever, um, this range just kind of is a dead range because you can't afford it unless you're going to play RG three, and so um, I think there's some there's some very interesting um, ownership plays here for GPPs if people kind of play the same you know if you even single entry. GPPs where you don't have to go too far off the board. This range, I think, is going to be pretty underowned just because it doesn't. It, it makes it fits a lineup construction that you may not be that comfortable with at the other positions. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, we could talk about players we like, but you know, they have to fit in that lineup. Uh, you mentioned Sutton. The Raiders are giving up four and a half receptions of twenty plus yards each week. I mean, by far they're the worst in the league at that. They just have so much trouble with the deep ball. He has been struggling with Drew Locke. I mean, the targets are there, 20 targets uh, last two weeks, but uh, you know, the catch, he's like 50% catch guy right now with Locke. Hasn't scored the last three weeks. He's going to be active. It's just a matter if they connect. And if you're going to pick a defense to connect against for some, some deep balls, uh, this is the one. So I really like that at 6,400 myself. Yeah, yeah, that that stuck out to me. Um, what, do you do with, what do you do with Amari Cooper? If you told me last week, we talked about Dak and Amari last week, and obviously that burned me. I was wrong on that. I will, I will take the blame for that. But if you told me that he had 12 targets last week, I would have played him every single time. Yeah, 12 targets. Um, like, that's exactly how I looked at it. I was just like, I mean, there was this talk that he, uh, not talk, but like he wasn't on the last drive that they yeah. like needed to score on. And um, yeah, some they people were, they were matching up with Tavon Austin, which is so absurd. Like, right, can we right. Just get rid, can we just get Jason Garrett out of our lives? Oh, right? my God. Um, He's so bad. He's so, so bad. It's just... I, that worries like that worried me more than the 12, like than my positivity about the 12 targets. Right. Um, but 
I mean, you can't say he doesn't make a lot of sense this week. I mean, no, I think you can make the argument that Michael Gallup at 5,400 because he actually was on the field and is getting, more, you know, the targets and the catches. <laughs> but um, I think like Amari, if enough people are pissed off about what happened to Amari Cooper last week, then of course you should play him home against Washington. I'm uh, I'm uh, I may be a moron, but I'm going back at 6,500. Why not? Why not? Yeah. The only question is how healthy is Dak? I mean, he missed him on some open balls last week, and but it's a gettable secondary. I mean, the, the Redskins, you can score on them. It's a must-win game for Dallas, at least, you know, while they're figuring out what's going on in, in the Philly game. But 12 targets for a guy like this, four for 24, is like this, the most impossible line ever. It's just it's absurd that it ended up that way. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, um, he I, this is a very, like, cherry-picked uh, multi-level stat here. I, I like cherry-picking and multi-level. Yeah, so... Other than uh, the Week 15 game against the Rams, um, Amari Cooper has either uh, double-digit targets, a touchdown, or 100 yards in every home game this year. And he he's insanely talented. He's, I mean, just that game was so weird last week. It was so frustrating to watch because, like, oh, Amari's open. Oh. Or, or a deep ball. You're just like, oh, God. It was it's a, just, it's a classic Eagles game that just, like, it stayed close because, like, yeah, they just kind of did. And they just rolled in the second half. Right. It was just a weird game. It was weird. But um, Brashad Perry, when you mentioned 6,700, he had the three touchdown game. was like, oh, that, we can't see that again. But 12 targets last week, seven for 102. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to throw the ball a ton. Um, Atlanta's defense is better lately, but I don't think we're really scared of them against the passing game. I mean, He's just been really good in the two weeks since Evans and Godwin have been out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he deserves to be in this range, and I, I just can't see myself taking him. <laughs> I, I can't either. I just don't see how I play him over Sutton or Cooper. Right, right. Uh, dropping down a little bit, uh, you mentioned Sterling Shepard, sixty-two hundred on DraftKings. Uh, super active. He has seven plus targets in eight to nine games. Uh, he was six for seventy-six last week after being nine for one hundred eleven in week fifteen. Uh, they've uh, they've allowed multiple touchdowns receivers in three straight games before the Cowboys game. Philly was really getting thrashed uh, against the pass before uh, Dallas did not do so, unfortunately. Um, I like Shepard again. I just think he's really good. I mean, it's a, it's tough because they do have uh, they do have Tate and Darius Slayton, but um, I don't. I think Shepard's pretty darn good. No, I totally agree. I mean, Shepard's the, the top guy there. Slayton's a little banged up too, so um, they haven't practiced yet um, today on Friday. But he was limited uh, Thursday as well, and he was kind of banged up at the end. Um, of last week's game, like, uh, or maybe, excuse me, maybe it was the beginning of the game, but like he's had five targets in the last two games, uh, Slayton that is. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I really like, uh, Shepard this week. He just, Daniel Jones likes him. Uh, Evan Ingram's still out. So, um, Ingram's always kind of the next guy to get the looks. And so, yeah, I think Shepard makes a ton of sense this week. Why is Jarvis Landry only 5,900 on DraftKings? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Seven- Seven-plus targets in nine straight games. He hadn't scored in four weeks, but he had four touch, straight games of touchdowns before that. But 70-plus yards in four or five games. He's a really nice floor guy, especially with a point per point reception. I just – I felt he was too cheap on drafting. He kind of stuck out to me as a guy that uh, was was mispriced this week. Yeah, I think that's a good call for sure. Yeah, I, so I like him this week. I actually think DJ Chark is interesting this week. 5,800 on DraftKings. Very quiet last week, but did have seven targets, played 54 snaps, which is probably the most important thing to me after he missed week 15. I mean, he's a boomer bust guy. He's a GPP guy for me, but a middling matchup against Indy, but I, I did not, not a matchup that scares me. Just seems like he's priced way down. He's 5,900 on FanDuel, too. He's wow. he's really priced down there. I just uh, I think at GPPs that uh, Chark's a guy that uh, could be on some winning lineups this week. I, I like him this week. I'm going to play him some, some GPPs for sure. Uh, all right. I won't, but you can. Sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anybody else in the in the five thousands that you like? You mentioned you're going to have to be in this range for some of your cash builds. Uh, who are you going with? Uh, kind of under the under the six thousand. Um, I think Gallup sticks out. Um, yeah. Particularly after like what we talked about with Cooper. Um, I actually think you're going even further than than like I think you're going sub five. Uh, you going Sims and Ward again? Um, I think Sims and Ward make a ton of sense. Uh, I think they'll be popular. I think. Um, Curtis Samuel would be in this conversation, particularly if Moore is out, but Greer just looks so bad that it's like, yeah. Oh, um, I think John Ross, um, will get some looks at 4,500 after he had 13 targets last week. Um, and then, um, uh, what is this guy's name? Justin Watson, excuse me, from the Bucks. Yeah. If you don't want to pay, uh, so much for Perriman, Watson's going to be on the other side of 4,900, um, who I think, you know, I think a lot of cash builds are going to have two, if not three of these guys. And so it's just a matter of kind of where you want to end up. I mean, Hunter Renfro is in this range. Uh, Chris Conley. Um, I don't want to include Amendola, but he's there. So they, I think there are a lot of playable guys in here that are all very good for like nine to 13 points. Yeah. I think, I think Sims and Ward, like you mentioned, will be the popular guys. They're kind of the, the buzzy ones right now. Right. Sims had uh, three touchdowns the last two weeks. Good game script there, too. That kind of all lines up pretty well. They should, they should be trailing in the game, throwing the ball a lot. Uh, Greg Ward, just like there's nobody left. I mean, especially if Earth doesn't play. Right. Pretty much him and Dallas Goddard. I mean, there's just nobody else to throw the ball to. He had uh, he was four for 71 last week, only on five targets, but he has at least four catches in three straight games. I mean, that's a, that's a nice floor for a guy that should get a lot of work at 4,700. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, the targets will be there. It's just a matter of whether he catches them. And um, this is Sims, I mean – you would expect the targets to stay up even with Keenum under center just because Keenum took over last week um, and he yeah. still got them. So um, you just don't 28, get 28 targets last week. Yeah, for Sim. right. So, you don't get that many targets really at this nice. price. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you just don't. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the Greg Ward passing trick play at some point. It's got to come. I'll take it. Doug Peterson's got to have that uh, in the script somewhere. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's a throw and he catches it himself. And then oh, the old, uh, the old Scott Jensen backyard play. There you go. Yeah. Only- <laughs> Only only child syndrome is a real thing. A lot of completed passes to myself. A lot of punts to myself where I returned them too. It was oh, really sure, sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was quite special. <laughs> uh, tight end this week. Uh, you know, I think the top is, is pretty obvious with Travis Kelsey. If you want to pay up, he's a great option. I have trouble paying that much for a tight end. He's seven thousand on DraftKings. There's a big drop off to uh, both Higby and Dallas Goddard and Jared Cook and even OJ Howard, who I like this week. We'll talk about in a second. Uh, but Kelsey, I mean, just 60-plus yards in eight straight games. It doesn't happen with tight ends. His targets last five weeks, 10, 9, 9, 13, and 9. Um, I think just super active, super good. I just I have trouble paying up for it. Yeah, I think um, – and the salary difference isn't all that small um, between even, let's say, Darren Waller at 5,400 on DraftKings all the way to Kelsey at 7,000. But, like, I feel like if you're going to spend up, 5,400 or 58 for Hooper, 6,000 for Ertz if he plays. Um, I'm like, if, you, if you're going to do that, just save money somewhere else and just get Kelsey. Like, yeah, he's by far the best guy on that team, uh, receiving wise, at least consistently. Uh, they have to win, and usually they try to do that by throwing the ball. And when a guy has nine targets in 25 straight games or whatever it was you just said it was, <laughs> um, why not? Why not? 
Yeah, I think on Fanduel he's more interesting because I the other guys are priced up where they're close to him. I mean, you right. look at like just Kelsey to Goddard on on DraftKings is is twenty one hundred on Fanduel it's eleven hundred so it's a pretty uh, pretty big difference there. Um, so let's drop down. We'll talk about Dallas Goddard first uh, at the Giants forty nine hundred on DraftKings sixty four hundred on Fanduel twelve targets last week he was nine for ninety one with a touchdown against the against the Cowboys six targets in six straight games. I, I got to think he's easily the highest percentage guy if first does not play. Oh, he'll certainly, yeah, it, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's He's not like we have popular for out. Yeah, we we obviously don't have a ton of um, great paydown options. Like we don't we don't have the thirty eight hundred Higby that we've been having the few, past few weeks. Um, so yeah, Goddard. I mean, even if Ertz plays, like Goddard still yeah, makes plenty tar- of sense. The targets are still there, even where it's playing. There's just nobody else to throw the ball to. Right, we exactly. Just, we exactly. Greg Ward. Yeah, uh, and even the guys that like you would want to pay thirty four hundred for are kind of like priced up. And they're priced up enough where you're like, oh, I'll just take Goddard. Like Hunter Henry is fine, but like the Chargers have nothing to play for, and they're playing a team that has everything to play for. Uh, yeah. OJ Howard, like when was the last time you could rely on OJ Howard, even though he has this, a perfectly good matchup against Atlanta? Forty-five yards in four straight weeks, fifteen <clears throat> targets last two weeks. OJ Howard is going to be the Week Seventeen winner. Stop I just it. it just feels that way. Ugh. Ugh. Going to be good this week. Yuck. Um, oh, it's super yuck. He's, uh, he, but he's been a disaster all year. You just feel right, like the is... seventeen just to just to screw people. It's just you can just feel it coming. Yeah, that, that's a. Oh, oh, I wish you hadn't it's said gross. that. Um, um, I played John so, Smith. So over if him, uh, if I told you the first tight end in NFL history with four straight games of seven plus catches and a hundred plus yards uh, was Tyler Higby, would you believe me? In the yeah, I, saw, I saw something like that where <laughs> it was like Higby is the first guy since Tony Gonzalez and uh, whoever the other great tight ends are. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, but that was with three straight. He's the first ever to do it four straight. Oh, is he? How about that? Yes. Good for him. There's no way I'm oh. playing him this week. And Gerald Everett only played four snaps this week. You know who Higby's playing this week, yes? Yes. <laughs> yes. The Arizona tight end narrative is fully, fully engaged here. Well, he was, I mean, he was part of it, wasn't he? He was. He was seven for 107 to touchdown them on them in week 13. Right, right. I mean, I, really, it should be the Everett week. Like it's, I, I feel like the Cardinals are actually able to get the the garbage tight ends to have huge games, and so right. maybe this is the Everett three touchdown game. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the Rams this week. Kind of mentioned earlier, but yeah, I uh, I, I don't have a problem playing uh, Higby this week. I think that he's actually really good, and Goff goes to him. I just I worry a little bit about them shutting everybody down early. But I don't know if they're really rushing to shut Tyler Higby down in, in right. the second half. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about Jared Cook? You mentioned you like Breeze this week. Uh, Cook has six touchdowns the last six weeks, 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,800 on Fandle, a little bit uh, more expensive there. But uh, only 10 targets last week. Granted, one of those weeks he did get hurt, but he hasn't been super active. But 50-plus yards in five straight games, he's he's catching like the – it seems like he's the secondary receiver. Like if, if Thomas is not there, they jump down the field a little bit to Cook, and he's just really involved in a good offense uh, against a bad defense is, is interesting. Yeah, I, I just don't see how I convince myself to play him over – Goddard or Waller or Higby or Hooper like or OJ Howard or um Jonu Smith I think you meant to say <laughs> oh Jonu yeah yeah over 50 yards in two straight games has been a little active too yeah. uh I'm the same way with Cook on the road I tend to you know not pay up for the Saints I just think that I I it's hard for me not to go to Goddard or Higby um or OJ Howard <laughs> right yeah I mean going down further like I think Caden Smith of the Giants is yep. fine yeah um, at 3700 although it's a little pricey but it's just funny to say thirty seven hundred is a little pricey, but um, I think six, he's uh, six plus targets in four last four right. five weeks. He's he's very active and he was really good with uh, he had two touchdowns with uh, with Daniel Jones last week. He had eight targets last week yep. too, and uh, he went to Stanford. So why not play him? Why not? Yeah, 
uh, I think he's probably the the obvious one. And then, like, I'm not sure how much I want to get into the because I assume the the Ravens will hold um, Mark Andrews out. But I don't know if I necessarily need to pay 3,400 for Nick Boyle or so. Yeah, or or Hayden Hurst or Hayden might be Hurst, the guy. Yeah. They just, yeah, they just have too many guys there. Um, OJ Howard this week, uh, seven for eighty-five and a touchdown. Ugh. Ugh. You love it. I, I uh, I'm not gonna play OJ Howard, but like that's gonna be so infuriating. There will be uh, there will be a uh, text or direct message when OJ Howard scores. You can believe that. <laughs> Looking forward. I to apologize it. in advance. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, defenses. We mentioned uh, Pittsburgh priced down against uh, Baltimore with the backups. Uh, three thousand on DraftKings, thirty five hundred on FanDuel. Uh, Pittsburgh only had three sacks uh, the last couple of weeks, but they have some big, big sack games. They are priced way down just because I, I assume that they was priced before uh, the Lamar news was announced. So three thousand there when you know New England's forty three hundred and five thousand on on FanDuel. Obviously, a good matchup against the Dolphins. Dolphins have allowed multiple sacks in nine straight games, but. Um, as a price down option, I really like Pittsburgh this week on on both sites. Uh, how do you feel? Uh, who do you like uh, in terms of saving some money on defense? Uh, I think that's a good call. I don't mind the Vikings um, home against Chicago, just because uh, I mean Trubisky's been better, but um, the Vikings have eleven sacks and I think it was eight turnovers in the last three games. Excuse me, uh, twelve turnovers in the last three games. So like um, playing into a Trubisky's not that good is perfectly fine with me, yeah. but. I really do think it's like a perfectly reasonable week to play the Patriots. Like, I think if interesting, I think you can 4,300, I think as a, from a point per dollar perspective, I think there's a, they could still be the highest, the the best uh, option. So I have one other, I really like on DraftKings. Um, on FanDuel, they're 4,800. So the price near the top on DraftKings, 3,000. That's the Packers at Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have 12 sacks the last three weeks. They have the uh, the two Smith brothers who are just dominating on the edges. Lions have allowed multiple sacks in 12 straight football games, which is a crazy stat. I just have no idea why they're so cheap. It's a good matchup. It's indoors. They should. Uh, David Blau is not doing anything to hurt you. Um, I think they're way mispriced on drivers. I was shocked when I saw 3,000. I mean, look at New Orleans is 4,000. Uh, New England's 4,300. Kind of these other teams, good teams and really good matchups. I just... I, Green Bay stuck out to me big time at three thousand. Them and Pittsburgh seem seem like they are easily the top two players for me. I like that. That's a great call. Yeah, I mean forty eight hundred drafting or Fanduel feels kind of a little bit normal. If you are playing on Fanduel, I like Pittsburgh too. They're thirty five hundred. Uh, they're kind of my favorite there with with the Packers and New England priced up. I think Dallas maybe if you want to go against Case Keenum, they're thirty six hundred on Fanduel. Uh, but I just I, I think I would go to Pittsburgh if I if I was playing at the same price. Yeah, I like that. Anybody else uh, defense-wise you like? Um, unfortunately not. Like, I wish I could be like, yeah, I really love the uh, the Chargers at 1,900, but, like, I, <laughs> I'm i just not there. I just think if you want to pay down, I think Pittsburgh and, and Green Bay are both mispriced, and it, it, the two really good options at 3,000 is, is hard to find. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening all season long. It's week 17. Uh, I know that I have had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, Andrew, it's been a pleasure doing it with you. I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. Pleasure's all mine, Scott. Good. Well, I like to hear that. Every once in a while uh, I hear that. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, we are going to be back for the playoffs, too. That's a, that's a special announcement. So we'll be doing all four rounds of the playoffs. Look forward to doing that. Um, getting deep into those uh, into those slates. That should be a lot of fun. Obviously, DFS goes through the playoffs, so we'll be here. Also, uh, thanks to Yahoo Fantasy Sports for the sponsorship all season long. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensted. Jensted is J-E-N-S-T-A-D. 
Uh, if you have any questions or stuff you want us to hit up uh, on there, uh, mention uh, hit us up on there. We'll be happy to uh, respond or chat with you there. Other than that, hope everybody has a great week 17. Have a good uh, Happy New Year, all that kind of stuff. And I hope everybody has a good one. Take care. We'll talk to you next week.